Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Kyle and uh, today we're going to be talking about some video games. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Outer Worlds game. Um, I'm going to give it a little review. I played this game uh, a little bit. I actually beat the game um, probably three weeks after it came out. Uh, it was a decently game. It was a decent game. Um, this game is uh, it's a rated M game um, if uh, anybody is uh, wondering. Um, it was made by Obsidian Entertainment, which uh, actually I don't think I've played any of their games before. Um, it's for all platforms, um, but it was uh, overall it was a it was a really good game. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I feel like a couple of things could have uh, been changed about it, but uh, that's what we're going to go over today. So we're going to go ahead and start with uh, talking about the story a little bit of the game. Um, the story of the game is you are a um, traveler. It's it's kind of it's got a real big uh, Fallout 4 feel to it. Um, you uh, start out on a ship, and a man named Phineas lets you go. He w he wakes you up from hyper uh, hyper sleep, and the first thing that you get to do is actually create your character. Um, you're in the game known as the Stranger. Um, just because you don't have a name or anything like that, obviously, um, it's a RPG game, um, so you get to create how you look, and there's not really a huge backstory behind you. All you really know is that you've been sleeping for um, some time now with um, a bunch of other travelers, and uh, your ship kind of was just left out in space, um, in a sense. You uh, were kind of just forgotten about. You. The story is you are from Earth, uh, and you were traveling to start a new life with all these other people. So as you start out, you are just you're the lucky one that Phineas wakes up, and uh, you get to, like I said, you get to choose your character, male or female. Um, you get to change how they look a little bit, and uh, finally, after you finished, it's like I said, kind of like a Fallout feel. You kind of have the VATS um, system. You get to um, choose what points you want to put into what, whether it be heavy weapons or light weapons, firearms, um, any kind of uh, melee weapons, anything like that. You get to put it all into that kind of thing. Um, after you click continue through that, then um, he kind of describes to you his little plan. and you know. But the main thing is, uh, the first thing you realize is that uh, Phineas is a psychopath. He is definitely crazy. Um, uh, if anybody's watched uh, Rick and Morty, he really seems like uh, he seems like Rick. Like he's just just this really smart guy, um, and everybody hates him pretty much. But you know, he's not that kind of crazy drunk that um, everybody knows Rick to be. And uh, he actually uh, cares about the other people. The the whole story behind the beginning of the game is him trying to save the other travelers from um, dying in their cryotubes. So after you've completed all of your uh, character selection and creation, uh, the first thing he does is he puts you or he keeps you in the tube that you're in, and uh, he wants to make sure that you don't have any um, sort of uh, infections or anything like that. He asks you some questions and. The first thing he does is drop you out of the ship that you just came out of, still in your cryopod, and he uh, drops you down to this planet where you're supposed to meet this person named Alex Hawthorne. 
Well, as you're falling, then it kind of it has a leading title, The Outer Worlds, and um, it has you falling through the sky and kind of black out for a second. Uh, and then as you wake up, um, you realize that you actually fell on top of the person you were supposed to meet. Um, Phineas kind of goes into detail about how he uh, was an idiot. Um, Alex was not the brightest person, but he was a kind of a bounty hunter kind of guy. And uh, he was trying to help you, and he was uh, uh, illicitly helping um, Phineas uh, try to wake up these people. So the first thing that you come across when you're in the game is a person from what you're supposed to understand is uh, from the company or there's a, a set of companies that pretty much own all the worlds around and pretty much own uh, the that galaxy that you're in. So the uh, if you go and choose to help the man, which um, it only requires like a level 5 um, medical ability, uh, if you choose to help him, he ends up giving you a gun um, and you go through the rest of the cave and uh, you see some bandits that apparently trapped him in there um, and he had kind of trapped himself in there with some boulders some big rocks um, so after you kill them um, then it kind of continues on from there where you find some other people from the company and you let them know that uh, their uh, teammate is back at inside the cave so as you come up to them they ask you about a ship that's been sitting there which uh, later you find is Alex Hawthorne's ship um, I'm not going to go into hu uh, huge detail with this game um, in the case that anybody would like to play it. Um, the first thing uh, I would like to say is after this little intro for the game, um, the different planets that they have, um, something that I like about the game and that I did like playing through it is how you can travel from planet to planet using your ship. So this first planet that you land on that you were where you were supposed to meet Alex, um, it's called uh, Terra 2, which you find out a little later on. Um, your first objective is pretty much to fix the ship. Um, in doing so, the first uh, place that the first little town that you come to is called Edgewater, and uh, it proceeds its name. It's a backwater town, pretty much. Uh, the companies have pretty much abandoned Terra 2. Um, there's still some people living there, but uh, nobody really cares about them that much. Um, in doing so, for the companies, uh, the mayor of the town is, uh, he's kind of a jerk. He just um, wants what's, what he thinks is best for the people, which in reality is usually ends up being horrible. When I look at this planet, I kind of think it's very lush and green. It would be the first choice of uh, travelers to come to um, trying to start a new life. It's It's very... Um, there's lots of plants it you know it, it looks a lot like earth um, so for terraformers you know it'd be like their first choice they don't really have to change anything about the planet um, which is why there's still people that's living there and um, they all just kind of feel forgotten when you talk to everybody so you do a, 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 a good amount of quests um, while you're in Edgewater and throughout the planet of Terra 2 um, Finally, when you fix your ship, you're able to leave the ground, and the first place that you end up going is called Monarch. And Monarch is, uh, it's kind of like a desert planet. It's not very habitable. It's mainly just there for 
um, animals. Uh, I guess it kind of reminded me of Mars a little bit. There's still people there, but it's very like rocky and uh, orange, deserty, kind of like that. Um, but the fauna and the plant life in on the actual planet is um, very deathly. It's it's more of a problem for the fauna when you're actually traveling through the planet than uh, actually dealing with um, other people and other enemies on the planet. So as a part of the main storyline, you have to go to this planet. Uh, it can be kind of troublesome as you're walking through, but as you continue from quest to quest, you kind of find it a little easier to um, avoid enemies and you know which places to go to to avoid them best. So as you finish up on Monarch, the next place you are probably going to go if you're just going for the storyline is a planet called Halcyon. And through the game, um, through up until Monarch, you hear a lot about Halcyon. Halcyon is, um, it's like uh, in Hunger Games, it's kind of like uh, District 1. Uh, it's like where all the companies are at. It's, you know, it's Elysium. Um, it's where all the money is, all the rich people, that's, that's where that is. So there's not really any combat that happens there. Um, you can make combat happen, but uh, nothing really goes on other than um, everybody hating the company. So you, you kind of have to make your own decisions there on what you want to do. Um, unfortunately, when I was playing it, I accidentally killed a few guards and I had to kill a few people. And when I stepped outside of the building, I had to end up killing everyone because uh, I made the mistake of killing one guard. So you know how that goes. They all start coming after you. So as you finish up on Halcyon, uh, the first or the next place that you're going to go is called the Groundbreaker. And you can actually travel to the Groundbreaker before um, you go to Halcyon. Uh, Halcyon is part of the game. So is Groundbreaker. Actually, the Groundbreaker is part of the main storyline. I think I visited the Groundbreaker more than any other planet that I was on. Um, the Groundbreaker is kind of like uh, the Nostromo. It's like a, it's like a city within uh, a ship. Um, there's trading posts. That's where you do most of your trading and buying things and selling all your stuff and uh, talking to certain people about doing side missions. And um, that's just like a main hub for travelers passing by, going to another planet, refueling, um, whatever you're doing along the way, that's that's kind of uh, what where you want to be at. There's a lot of main characters on the Groundbreaker. Uh, there's a lot of people that play a big part in the uh, storyline to actually continue on. There's also a lot of um, like almost like gangs that happen on the Groundbreaker. A lot of like secretive selling weapons um, to both sides kind of thing happening um, while you're there that you kind of find out some underground spy things some underground um, trading and um, you depending on your decisions uh, end up making pretty good friends with um, most of them I know when I played it uh, I didn't have any other problems I know I did have to have to threaten one person that was uh, kind of higher up in the underground um, a couple of times, but you know, she didn't hate me. She, we still got along. I still sold all my crap to her and everything. So probably the next place you're going to go after this, which plays a main part in the, uh, storyline is actually Phineas's lab. Um, it is in an asteroid because he's a wanted man. 
when you actually go to Halcyon, um, there's posters everywhere looking uh, for Phineas, asking for information. You get threatened a lot um, by the companies. They're looking for him because they don't want him to um, awaken these passengers. They want them to stay asleep and they want to make money. So getting into um, all of these planets that I've just talked about, um, the next thing I'm going to talk about, which I've kind of talked about, uh, Phineas um, and other story characters that you can interact with. Um, it has a very Bethesda feel to it, you know, kind of like an RPG. It's very Fallout, um, talking to NPCs, um, and you can get companions to take with you. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is some of the companions that you can actually pick up. Um, going back to Terra 2, uh, there's a couple people here that you can pick up. Um, the first person that you kind of encounter, she kind of inspires you to uh, do something with the uh, mayor of the town. She wants some kind of change, and uh, she's a mechanic. Her, her name's a Pavardi, and she is very outgoing, but she's also very nervous all the time. Uh, whenever you talk to her, she's very excitable and she just has her own kind of uh, personality about her. Each of the companions that you can have have their own special abilities. Um, I never really used them while I was playing the game. Um, they just kind of did their own thing and I just kind of played and hoped that they didn't die. So as you play on, um, you when you actually go on to different planets and you take different missions, you can actually see, um, you can take up to two uh, companions with you. Um, you can do just one if you'd like. You can go by yourself. Uh, no matter what difficulty you're playing, I highly recommend taking at least one if you do get the chance to play because uh, it can be very difficult when you uh, just go by yourself, especially when you go to Monarch. It is very hard to do that. Um, you can get pretty good weapons, but it, it's still uh, quite challenging even on the easiest difficulty which I started out on just to play through the story, see how the game was when it first came out. Another companion that you can find along the way on Terra 2 is, his name is Vicar Max. Um, I never got, I never, I don't remember meeting this character. Uh, as you go through, it has a slot. Uh, every time you get off your ship and it asks you for a companion, it has like so many spots um, for each companion and it'll have them. Uh, I never collected him, and I think he was the only person, uh, the only companion that I didn't get a chance to play with. Um, and I haven't gone back since, unfortunately, to uh, kind of check out more of the game. So hopefully uh, I'll get the chance to go back and actually find him, or maybe I have played with him before, I just didn't collect him as a companion. The next two companions you can uh, find are on the Groundbreaker. Um, these are two of my favorite. Uh, Pavardi was usually the one that I took with me. She was my main. Um, she just, she, her ability was very useful. Um, and she usually had like a, some kind of minigun. Um, so she was very useful when playing with her. Um, the other two, one is Ellie. Um, when you get on the Groundbreaker, she is one of the first people you talk to. Um, and you do some... For all the companions, you do some kind of side quest for them, and they usually end up joining you, except for one of them, which I'll get to here in a second. But Ellie was pretty good. I never really used her that much. Um, she was just kind of there, and she just kind of did her own thing while she was on the ship. Um, like 
that was one main reason I didn't uh, collect a max, I think, was because I only stuck to two of the companions, which I probably should have used the other ones just to check out the game a little bit more. But uh, f just for the starting of the game um, and just going through the story, I only put two main ones down because I use them so often. I knew all of their abilities. I knew how to use them with the commands and everything. Uh, so it just worked out better that way. Um, the next person is uh, Felix. He was my secondary next to Bafardi. I took him everywhere. He just, he was so witty. He made me laugh while I was playing the game. Phineas was crazy and all, but uh, Felix, he just, like I, like, just like Pavardi, he had his own personality. He was always joking. He'd always uh, poke and prod at all the other team members uh, in the, on the ship and the other crew members. And uh, just always made me laugh on some of the stuff that he would say. And everybody would always look at him, you know, kind of like, what are you talking about? Or, you know, they would look at him like, why would you say something like that? You know, he was like always trying to purposely get himself into trouble. And uh, to me, that was just really funny. That's I enjoyed taking him on my missions all the time. So after you leave uh, the Groundbreaker and you collect those two, the next place you're going to go is probably Monarch, um, which you can collect uh, one person there. Her name is Nyoka. And I can't remember if she's in town or not or if you actually find her out in the wilderness. I believe you find her at the bar, and uh, she's part of the main story also. I think that was another reason I also didn't collect uh, uh, Viker Max, because uh, I don't believe he was like a main character from the story. All the other ones re actually required you, um, other than Felix, they required you to talk to them. You could say no to all of them, I think, but um, the they were all part of the story. Like, you had to run into them eventually. Um but Max was the only one that um, I believe wasn't, you didn't purposely run into him for whatever reason on a side quest or, um, but I, cause like I said, I don't remember um, ever talking to him. I don't remember him even being in the game to be honest. So as I played around uh, with Nyoka a couple times, I mainly just played around with her um, while we were on Monarch. Because uh, she had to be on some of the missions, so I only kept her there. I never, after we left Monarch, I never kept her for any other missions. She just, like I was saying earlier, Pavardi and Felix were the only two that I took. They just cracked me up, to be honest. They just always, Felix would say one thing and Pavardi would say something else. And they would just always kind of butt heads and it, it just made me laugh. Um, it was really fun to play alongside with both of those characters. And finally, the last person you can collect, uh, his name is Sam, and he was, he kind of cracked me up too, he didn't really say much, um, he cracked me up in the way that uh, he was originally a cleaning unit, um, he kind of reminded me of a Mr. Handy, or a Sentry bot also, um, from Fallout. So after you uh, find the parts to boot him up, then uh, he has a acid sprayer, I believe. Um, which can be upgraded, and uh, he is pretty much just a tank. Uh, Pavardi is uh, sort of the same way, but the difference is he, I don't think he ever died whenever I took him out. He was just so tanky. Um, I sh probably should have taken him out more, but I don't know. They He didn't talk very much. He only had so many 
uh, certain commands and stuff that he could do and so many phrases that he said, which were pretty hilarious considering he was originally a cleaning bot. So time to clean was pretty much all he said, and then he'd uh, go run and kill all the enemies. And um, I didn't take him along either because uh, sneaking was a big part of the game. And uh, whenever I play Skyrim or Fallout, anything like that, uh, the first thing that I always aim for is uh, sneaking. I never go for uh, straight up warrior or wizard, anything like that. I just go specifically for sneak because to me it's just so overpowered and it just works so much better. So sneaking was a big part of the game and uh, he couldn't sneak because he was, like I said, he was kind of like a sentry bot from Fallout. He was just on these big wheels and everybody would hear him coming. So, so speaking of weapons considering we were just talking about how he was ready to clean um so most of the weapons in the game are i'm going to compare this to fallout a lot is a lot like fallout it's the game is pretty much fallout mixed with borderlands um there was your simple 10 millimeter pistol and your light revolver all those kind of different weapons um so i was kind of already used to that the only thing that i did find curious was the there was certain weapons that you did have that were called uh, science weapons. And the science weapons were pretty cool. I'm pretty sure they were all constructed by Phineas himself. Um, so it was a range from shrink ray to a handheld, it was called the rear ranger. Um, it basically froze them, a mind control ray, a goop gun, and a prismatic hammer. The only problem with these weapons were that they were very hard to find. Um, I think I only found uh, three out of the six weapons total, and uh, I know for sure that I had the Rear Ranger, which I used pretty often once I found it. Um, it wasn't great. Uh, the Shrink Ray I used maybe once or twice, um, and I think the other one I had was the Goop Gun, which I ended up just giving to one of my companions for them to use. Um, none of them were amazing. But I did like the idea of them trying to put like the shrink ray and it was a very comedic game as you played through it. It was the storyline itself was pretty serious, but the comedy and everything that they put in it just it made it so it's such a good game. Another thing that I did notice um, as you played it throughout the game was you actually had certain abilities that you could use um, once you got out of your pod Phineas. Uh, he gave you some kind of shot and um, it gave you these certain abilities that you could use. I didn't use them too often, but you could, it was almost like a ray blast that you could shoot and you could use telekinesis and a, a majority of other um, abilities that you could just use on, that was on a set on a cooldown, which was also pretty great for the game. All in all, without revealing anything more about the storyline, I do highly recommend playing this game. Uh, it was a lot of fun for me. I'd like to go back and play some more of it. Um, it. The combat and everything, it just reminded me so much of Fallout. And being a big Fallout um, fan, I would definitely recommend trying it out. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it is a rated M game. Um, and Obsidian Entertainment did a really good job on it. And whether you have PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC, it's for all platforms. Currently, it's around $40 to $60, depending on where you go. I believe it's $40 to $50 on um, Xbox, which is what I have it on. PS4, I don't know. I believe it's $60. 
Um, if you go to GameStop, obviously they're going to rip you off and it's probably going to be $70. Other than that, that's going to be all for today. Next week, uh, we're going to uh, try a new game that just came out recently. It used to be a Flash game, actually. It's called My Friend Pedro, and uh, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, thanks all for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.